This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, and you can send questions to questions at drhoffman.net. We'll try and be as responsive as we can. If you don't hear your question answered uh, today, it's likely it's going to go on the back burner, and we'll get around to it next week or the week thereafter. So what's uh, our next question, Layla? We've got an email from Adelia. I'm 75 years old, and I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes about two years ago. I'm skinny. I've never been overweight, and I was told I have lean diabetes. What does that mean? What, I would appreciate your help guide me in the right direction. Right, because, I mean, because classically yeah. we associate uh, type 2 diabetes with people being uh, overweight. They have a high yes. BMI. They have a high waist circumference. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a you know apple shape and you know that whole thing, right? Right. So, so how could this occur? You know, she doesn't require insulin yet, but she's considered. But otherwise, she'd be a type one diabetic or insulin dependent yeah. diabetic. She's non-insulin dependent, but her blood sugars are rising and she's thin. What's up yeah. with that? What's up with that could be first of all, it's entirely possible to be of a normal weight but be over fat. Mm-hmm. And greater than a 30% fat body composition would be considered metabolically obese. So just because you are thin or of normal weight doesn't mean that you're not carrying excess fat. That's one thing. That By the way, that's referred sometimes as TOFI, thin outside, fat inside. In other words, yes. we, if we do a, a very uh, detailed body scan of you, we would find that you have what's called a high percentage of visceral fat. It's internal. It's uh, yes. it, it's stored in near your in your underneath your superficial skin in your omentum, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. could be. So she could be tofi, thin outside, fat inside. That's one possibility. Right. Yep. The other thing is being seventy five, Adelia could yes, she's been thin all of her life now and maybe all of her life she's been able to eat a higher carb diet. But after all of these years of her pancreas having to secrete all that insulin in an effort to normalize her blood sugars, it could be that by age 75 and eating this way, I'm presuming here that this is, without any more information about her, that this is what has been happening, mm-hmm. uh, that her pancreas is now getting tired. It's getting yep. worn out. Yep. It's secreting less insulin. And when we don't have enough insulin being cranked out anymore, the blood sugars remain high. Mm-hmm. And often they go into the diabetic ranges. And, and for that, oh, we would recommend something like yeah. gymnema, which has been uh, found to yes. uh, support uh, the islet cells and help them produce when they're still alive. You know, and, and somebody who's had type 1 diabetes, their islet cells are essentially dead. But if you still have yeah. some islet cell function, you can sort of support and augment that with uh, gymnema sylvestri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So this could be the reason that she's been diagnosed with diabetes at the tender age of 75 mm -hmm. after a lifetime of being thin. Did you write about this? I did. I wrote about this in the newsletter. Uh, I, it came out this week. Oh, wow. In fact, if you go to drhoffman.com, or if you don't already subscribe to the Intelligent Medicine newsletter, it's free. Just go to drhoffman.com and sign up. Mm -hmm. It comes out every week around about Wednesdays, maybe Thursdays, some weeks. Comes and right into your, your inbox and your email. Yep, yep, yep. So, so here's another uh, potential issue is uh, it turns out that uh, the muscles uh, are a bulwark against diabetes. Yes. Uh, and to the extent that you preserve lean body mass as you age, which is tough because there is this process that's inevitable, which is sarcopenia. You are yeah. you're going to lose lean body mass as you age. It's almost inevitable. But you can push back against that in two ways. One is to have adequate protein. And a lot of people yes. don't get adequate protein. And especially women who may not care for that much protein. Maybe they have digestive problems and they don't want to eat a lot of meat. Uh, mm. and they don't have enough hydrochloric acid and maybe it's just not fashionable to eat a lot of meat. Maybe they prefer to be quasi vegan. Um, mm -hmm. so they're not getting enough protein to support, uh, muscle. Uh, but another way to support, you can eat all the protein you want. And if you don't exercise and do resistance training, uh, your muscles are going to shrink anyway. And yes. so you need to maintain resistance training. Uh, as a bulwark against diabetes. It's actually one of the best ways you can prevent diabetes. Absolutely. Is, so uh, this, this is the predicament some people find themselves in. They get progressively weaker. They don't exercise. Uh, you know, use it or lose it when it comes to digestion. If you just don't eat protein, the enzymes that your body makes uh, to properly digest protein will decline in production. True. And Because what we don't use, we lose. Same exactly. with our enzymes. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, a solution for this woman would be to eat, uh, you know, maybe take uh, protein supplements, maybe amino acid supplements, maybe take some more leucine, which appears to be particularly important for preventing sarcopenia. Mm -hmm. um, there's, and getting on a strength training regimen. And get on a bit of a strength. And you may say, well, how can I? I mean, you know, she's 70, whatever. How can I start? Anybody can start. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go to the gym and lift barbells, you know. No. You just you know, do some. You could do deep knee bends at home. Yes. You could do push-ups against the wall or get into a plank position on the floor. Mm -hmm. you, could do, you could do any of those things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, exercise, especially strength training types of exercise, it's almost like taking metformin in helping your cells be more sensitive to insulin. Mm -hmm. That's how much of a buffer it can be to those high blood sugars that we are all prone to as we get older. As we get older, we do become more glucose intolerant. It's simply a fact of life. But as you said, Dr. Hoppen, you could push back on it. Yeah. And another Lower factor the carbs, is adequate it, protein, exercise. And another factor, of course, is as we age, uh, we uh, lose androgens, both men and women. Uh, men lose testosterone. And uh, women have a little bit of testosterone, but both sexes have DHEA. And so we might mm -hmm. use a little bit of anabolic therapy with uh, DHEA uh, to, you know, which I, I think should be done under doctor's supervision. I'm you know, a little concerned it's available over the counter and, you know, people yes, with uh, 
certain hormonal cancers can take it willy-nilly, and that wouldn't be a good idea. But as a hedge against aging, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Adila, thank you for your question. I yeah. hope... Uh, it's a very relevant I question. That, I think what she's is. talking about is a phenomenon that occurs more often than we think. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it, here's the thing. Uh, doctors typically accept higher blood sugars in older people. Uh, they do. What they'll, you know, I'll see patients come in and, you know, like they'll have a fasting blood sugar of like 111 or something like that. And maybe they'll have a hemoglobin A1C, which measures average blood sugar of like 5.9. And they're, they're 75 or 80. And the doctors say, that's fine. You know, it's like, well, we see that as people age. It's no problem. It's natural. But it's not good. It's, yeah. It's not optimal. Yeah. It's not optimal. And it's not natural to be sarcopenic either. It doesn't have to be like that, mm-hmm. is what we're saying. It does not have to be like that. So, so There's an article in the Wall Street Journal about there's a 100-year-old uh, uh, swimmer, master swimmer. And mm. uh, I aspire to be that person because as I'm about to turn 70, I've got 30 years to continue training. Uh, you know, And it, she's, she's a phenom at, at 70, and she's... I mean, I, I'm sorry, at 100, <laughs> she's a centenarian, and she still, you know, uh, goes to the pool like three, four times a week and swims her laps, and uh, that's phenomenal. That really is something. That's it's wonderful. We're all living longer. It's true. Yep. It's true. And hopefully, not only lifespan, but health span. I think that's the key because, uh, you know, you you may say, some studies show that if you exercise, you might live like, uh, you know, 11 months longer. And some people say, well, it's not worth it. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'll I'll eat what I want and, you know, and and take it easy. Uh, Yeah. Because 11 months. But it's about health span. It's, you know, you don't want those last years to be years of debilitation where you're dependent on medication and, you know, uh, you have to be weighted on hand and foot, you know, not self-sufficient anymore. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we've got an email here from Nancy. My 72 year old sister with rheumatoid arthritis gets really bad Charlie horse pains in her calves and her feet. This wakes her in excruciating pain, sometimes in both legs, and it lasts a long time. She takes magnesium twice a day, two tablets each time. She also takes electrolytes. Can you recommend anything else for her? I suggested that she should get an IV drip of magnesium. Mm -hmm. That's one possibility because it may not be that well absorbed. Magnesium tends to be helpful. Uh, But, you know, I would check for... Um, iron deficiencies can cause restless leg syndrome, which is uh, related. I mean, restless leg syndrome is not so much painful cramps, but a sensation of restlessness in the legs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, I, it's, I, has she been I thoroughly wonder, worked up by uh, yeah. a, a neurologist for why this is? Because she has a, an, an inflammatory condition, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Is there a possibility there's some kind of nerve compression that is causing mm-hmm. that? I mean, that's uh, typically why people get cramps in bed at night is uh, they get into positions which are different than when they're upright and they're twisted around and there's a compression on the nerves that leave the spine and innervate the lower extremities. And when those nerves um, don't um, properly uh, conduct nerve impulses, 
then sometimes there's a tendency to have spasms. Yeah. I wonder too, Dr. Hoffman, if she's on any, on any uh, immunosuppressants, if maybe it could be a side effect of causing depletions mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe she would rec- but she would benefit from a Myers cocktail or intravenous mm-hmm. magnesium or, or it's something. A, it's, a, it's something that definitely we would explore, you know, as, yeah. as a possible solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Nancy, best of luck. I mean, there are medications. Sister. There are medications, but mostly, unfortunately, medications that are antispasmodic uh, tend to be uh, very uh, sedating. You know, yeah. the muscle that they mostly suppress is the brain. <laughs> Not the brain. Yeah. The brain's a muscle. <laughs> but, you know, I once had, I, I, I used to have backaches. And before I really paid attention to core training, um, mm-hmm. I, I would have terrible spasms. And I remember once, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a doctor, so I uh, was able to get a hold of some baclofen, which is a common medication used for spasm. Because I had a spasm. You know, I felt I could feel like, you know, that wretch in my back and bam, I was in yeah. spasm and I, I couldn't straighten up. So I tried that. Well, it didn't help the pain at all. And it just made me extremely drowsy and, you know, gave me brain no. So it's not okay. the answer. Right, right. Okay. Well, Nancy, we we hope we hope the best. We wish the best for your sister. But good idea about the magnesium there. Oh, this is a very interesting story from Mary. Doctor Hoffman, I recently heard you recommend nicotine replacement therapy uh, on your podcast in the form of gum or lozenges. As a previously addicted smoker who tried these methods, I became addicted to the new form mm-hmm. with no real hope of getting off nicotine. Mm-hmm. It was a compulsion, and my teeth began getting cavities, and I was having dental problems. Well, it was still better than cigarettes, right? Right. I tried the nicotine patches, but also you mentioned that they're too strong. And there is a warning on the box not to cut the patches, but I was done following those recommendations. Right that weren't helping me quit. And what Mary did is she cut them into eighths mm-hmm. and she gradually le- weaned herself off. Wow. It's pretty from the ingenious. Patches. And yeah. the reason she's telling us about this is maybe somebody else could benefit from this. If the patch makers would make a plan that slowly titrates down to a dose low enough to actually work, I would not have had to figure it out for her, for myself, she says. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's the way of life, and though I'm grateful for all you do helping me and others take care of our health. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. Thanks for the wonderful shows. Yes. Um, well, here's you, my answer is going to surprise you, uh, which is uh, that for inveterate smokers, people who've been smoking for you know decades, uh, it is very, very hard to go cold turkey, much less go off nicotine even with the aid of the patches. Now, the patches are designed to get people to quit smoking, uh, and they tell you to limit the use of the patches. But um, uh, I bet that a high percentage of the people who use nicotine replacement with either the lozenges or the gums or the patches, uh, they're going to use those for the rest of their lives. (laughs) So you may say, well, what's the point of that? Because, you know, you're supposed to get off nicotine because nicotine's bad. Well, it turns out that uh, nicotine uh, may have some benefits, actually, for brain. Uh, there's a lot of research that suggests that it supports acetylcholine in the brain. Uh, 
Uh, mm. and it may have uh, other, certainly it helps focus and concentration. It's actually, and I was discussing this with uh, a guy at the football game. It's funny when you get a bunch of nutritionists together at a football game. We talk sports. We also talk shop. And, you know, uh, we said we we're talking about like the question on the floor was what's the most promising nootropic that you have found? And, you know, there's yeah, we talk about, you know, choline and we can talk about, uh, you know, DHA and we can talk about, uh, uh, you know, nicotinamide riboside and CoQ10 and NT factor and, you know, uh, cocoa flavanols and nitric oxide and all that stuff. And one guy said nicotine because, mm-hmm. and I said, well, uh, you use nicotine? He goes, yes, I use nicotine for focus and concentration because when I'm, I really want to be creative and I, you know, I have like a writing deadline, uh, I, I take some lozenges. And I said, were, were you a former smoker? Did you use that to get off cigarettes? He says, no, I, I just started doing <laughs> He started doing that, which is, I don't think, advisable because it's, you know, it's addictive. It really is addictive. But um, it's But wouldn't actually, you think it would be better than taking Vyvanse or Concerta or yeah. Adderall? Hell yeah. Even better than maybe taking massive doses of caffeine, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I personally would rather do caffeine than... Yeah, but, you know, in moderation. I mean, caffeine is, there's no question that it helps focus and concentration. But uh, But too much causes ADD. (laughs) mm -hmm. I mean, I I just, uh, I hearken back to, you know, the early TV era. And, you know, you'd had, uh, you know, remember Edward R. Murrow? You know, the. Yes. uh, And he was, you know, whenever he was interviewed and he had a great sonorous voice, it was like his vocal cords were like tanned by years of smoking you know he would sit back and he would <sighs> puff on a uh, palm oil cigarette you know and inhale this the smoke and then he would get smarter you know and come up with some brilliant answer um it, it it's actually no secret that carlton fredericks who's a great uh, nutritionist uh, yes. I, I never saw this because uh, uh, I never I, saw it either, but I heard about it. I did. The people who were at the radio station, because I ended up being on the same radio station that he pioneered nutrition on. Uh, they said when he got into the broadcast booth, you know, he he would just sort of disappear in a cloud of smoke, you know, as he as he broadcast the show. And unfortunately, that uh, led to his relatively premature demise because all the vitamins in the world that he was aware of, you know, couldn't offset the adverse effects of inhaling cigarette smoke. But it's not it, – nicotine is a component of cigarettes, and it's yes. it's actually the, the tar and the chemicals in cigarettes that seem to be the carcinogenic and heart-damaging uh, things mm-hmm. um, and the things that uh, scar and inflame the lungs. So – Nicotine doesn't do that. Uh, I do have yeah. a problem with vaping nicotine because I think it's you know hot, burning substances in the lungs could be problematic, and um, that may not yeah, be a good way to get it in. Too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. we have time for I think one more question. I'm sorry we're waxing so uh, long on some yeah. of the answers, but they're good questions. Well, actually, we've got a comment. We could talk about it. Hi, Doctor Hoppin. This is from Suzanne. I'm a long-time listener, and the other day I saw a commercial on TV for the COVID vaccine telling us how important it is to get one of their vaccines. It was listing all the reasons. 
And one of the reasons we should get their vaccine, according to them, is to prevent the spread of COVID to a loved one. Well, wait a minute. I am hold, on, hold on. Yeah. You know, that is, I mean, I think they should correct that uh, because uh, there's scant demonstration now that, I mean, kind of make, it made sense. It was, a, it was a persuasive argument early on that the vaccine would prevent you from getting COVID. And then if you didn't get COVID, you wouldn't spread it. But actually, uh, kind of early on, you know, this happened uh, uh, really many, many months ago, you know, a couple of years yes. ago. It, it became evident that vaccinated people can transmit COVID yes. maybe a little less than uh, uh, unvaccinated people. But, you know, this whole thing of blaming, you know, casting blame at the uh, unvaccinated, that they were the typhoid Marys of the world, that was yeah. so misguided and so divisive and ultimately now undermines the credibility of the whole uh, health establishment and the vaccine campaign because it's just yeah. not it's 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 misinformation. Yeah. Suzanne says, I'm so tired of the shaming, the discrimination, the social exclusion and the insults. Yeah. And she also goes on to say, I'm so proud to say that I resisted getting one of their vaccines in spite of all the pressure I received from friends colleagues and so-called followers of the science experts and according to dr pierre corey people who refuse to get vaccinated quote survived the greatest psychological fear campaign in human history end quote i did get covid in january it was extremely mild and i got it from my vaccinated son there someone needs to stop the lies and set the record straight thank you for letting me vent okay well i, I think that comment stands on its own yeah, uh, because, uh, you know, it, it yes. I mean, there's uh, so much uh, misinformation that continues to be spread. Uh, True. You, know, you still see these places that say, you know, uh, maintain social distancing, blah, 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 blah. When, you know, that's been found to be relatively unsuccessful strategy uh, yeah. for uh, stomping out COVID for achieving zero COVID, you know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now, some countries yeah. still believe in that. I mean, China takes people and, you know, arrests people, and pulls them out of their houses uh, against their will, screaming or, or and yelling. Or they nail them into their houses. Or they nail them in their houses like, oh, my God. That, I mean, that sounds like what they did during the, the Black Plague. You know, it's mm. unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And that's just a misguided policy. And I talked to a really smart uh, uh, Chinese kid who is uh, – he's at a – I met him on a, a bicycle trip and, uh, you know, he's a Chinese national, but he's studying here and, uh, just a brilliant kid. And I said, so what's with your government? You know, it's like that they're, they're pursuing zero COVID. And he goes, well, you know, president Xi believes in it and nobody's willing to call him on it, you know, cause yeah. in an authoritarian country, uh, that's the problem with authoritarianism is, you know, like, uh, you know, Hitler didn't listen to his advisors and, you know, similarly, you're seeing a similar kind of thing, like with Putin and potentially with President Xi, because it's they're pursuing a very irrational policy in China. They're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Uh, that it, it's going to sweep through China. Yeah, it's more well, about control. It, yeah, right. It's like if we can make you do these crazy things, we can make you do anything. This is just yeah. this is just uh, this is just a fire drill. This is just a simulation. Yeah. And this when, is a test. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's wow. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on, but you kind of know where I'm, I'm coming from on this. Oh, sure. And, I um, agree. 
you know, uh, be, before I got vaccinated and, you know, full disclosure, I got vaccinated because I live in New York and I literally couldn't enter a building, uh, go to a gym, uh, go to a restaurant, uh, or take, uh, you know, our, our grandkids anywhere, you know, want yeah. to take them to a, to a something, to a show or something like that. Uh, New York is a terrible place to be during that time. So, so I did, I succumbed to it. I took the vaccine and, but before I took the vaccine, cause I was a little bit of a holdout. Uh, one of our relatives died and it was at a funeral and it was outside and the people, it was the first time that the people had had several family gatherings, but because we weren't uh, vaccinated, they wouldn't allow us to come. Uh, and finally there was a funeral. So everybody had to come, you know, it was like a close family member and, uh, we were outside and people would say, you know, I'd hug you, but, uh, you're not vaccinated. So they, and, and they, they maintained like everybody said, Oh, you know, hello, hello, waved, you know, and didn't want to get close, didn't want to get in our, uh, in our space because we were potential, uh, plague carriers. I mean, it was yeah. just amazing. And in retrospect, wrong. Wrong. Not only that, but the vaccinated could be the spreader. Yeah, it which e is interesting. And to a person, each and every one of those people, with all the precautions yeah. they've taken, they've all had COVID. You know, we've all had COVID. They've all had COVID. Yeah, so, and some more than once. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> and then please, I, and then, everybody, and, and, everybody and listening, I, and then yeah, I got COVID. send your anyway. questions. Yeah. Send your questions to questions at drhoffman.net. Yeah. Apologize for going a little long here, but we have some great questions today. <laughs> uh, questions to drhoffman.net. And remember, for the uh, weekend program, uh, the number is uh, 877-726-8255. During the program, but also uh, when uh, ever a question occurs to you, you can call 877-726-8255 and record a question. Thanks very much for joining us. Have a great uh, week, and we'll join you again for another weekly Q&A with Layla uh, next week. Thanks, Layla. Yes, thanks, everybody. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 Seven seven nine one seven four four. That's two one two seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.